0: Hello gamers from around the world. This is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany, and I would like to welcome you to a very, very special episode of the world of gaming Dutch. I don't think we have ever done a show on a Tuesday. it might be a first, nope. right? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so, man, are you as excited as I am for today?
1: Oh, most definitely, most definitely, and uh, it's, it's uh, extra special because these chaps are from my hometown, which was uh, ah. a new, <laughs> a new one for me from uh, from Hoofdorp. So, uh, <laughs> equally awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. We have special guests. We have Keokin, Kin, makers of Deliver Us uh, a Mar- Mars and uh, Deliver Us the Moon. Um, Uh, as a special guest here today. And of course, we will focus here, obviously, on the upcoming Deliver Us Mars coming on February 2nd to basically everything PC on Steam Epic Store, on PS4, PS5, Xbox One and Xbox Series consoles. I hope I didn't forget anything. Um, (laughs) But yeah, let me welcome uh, these fine gentlemen here. Uh, We have um, the CEO of of, uh, Kyokin, Paul how do I pronounce your last name, <laughs> De- Deedman or Deedman?
2: Both ways are fine with me. Like you can say <laughs> Deedman, which is more Dutch. Deedman becomes a little bit more English, but it's uh, it's all good.
0: All right, all right. Uh, welcome to you and to technical artist Daniel Tolkar. Uh, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks thank very much. Yeah, thank thanks you. for having for us. Happy to you. be here.
0: Oh, it's awesome that you you guys made it. Um, and yeah. Let me also welcome um, our fantastic community. This chat is already filling up. A big welcome, of course, to everyone who's watching us uh, live here today and, of course, to the hundreds of listeners around the podcast services on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know where to find the world of gaming. So today we want to make it count. um, And usually, gentlemen, we introduce our guests um, by... Uh, asking them a couple of questions about their gaming history. So before we talk about Deliver Us Mars, uh, we will have a couple of rapid-fire questions for you. So, what was the first ga- uh, game or game console that you played on? Where did gaming start for you?
2: I think it was uh, the Nintendo, actually. Uh, although I, my my uh, my brain goes always to the PlayStation One as something that I really developed a a, a mm. passion for for games for, but. Uh, the, the first one I think I just touched, it was the, the Nintendo with my friends, definitely. Nice. You?
3: Yeah, I have then, also played a lot of the Nintendo 64, I think that was some of my first. Um, and also on PC, um, when I was really small, I used to play a lot of uh, Tim, The Incredible Machine. I don't know if you know that game, it's like super old and you had to make all okay. these contraptions. Um, I think that was some of my first gaming experience.
0: that's cool that's cool and um what are some some of your favorite games of all time
3: oh my god uh that's that's a tough one all time i would think uh, i really enjoyed the last god of war um yeah yeah, i really enjoyed that the the way they reinvented the series um Mm. uh, and if i would have to go for most played i think i've played uh rocket league the most Oh, I think I've got about <laughs> six hundred hours in Rocket League. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it.
0: Oh, that's even more than my my Age of Empires addiction. So <laughs> kudos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, for me, I guess uh, it's always like these rich, like big experiences. So uh, classics like Tom Raider kind of started off oh, yeah. with that. We're saying, "Wow, we can make like this huge Indiana Jones experience um, from the beginning." So I still love the series very much. Uh, but lately, of course, and the narrative, like the Last of Us Two, really touched my heart in how you can create a piece of art out of a game. Really, that's kind of very controversial to a, a lot of extents. But it's um, uh, yeah, it's that it's like the, the high fidelity of things and the richness of these worlds are always speaking to me. So it can be probably the next game that still needs to be made will be my favorite.
0: So nice, very nice.
1: <laughs> awesome, stuff. awesome stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask as well for both of yourselves, uh, what, what it is that got you both into game development? I know everyone's story is a little bit different, but uh, yeah, what, how did you both get into that in the first place?
2: Now, I think it started off with uh, my brother and I playing in the back garden. So we had like a little uh, camcorder uh, recording kind of stuff like uh, Star Wars and, and, and 007, but then our own take to it. We did our like uh, little original films and that developed into. Uh, eventually uh, binding forces. And then, because it's very playful in the beginning, you're just playing as a kid, so you're trying to uh, relive kind of an an imagination that you have in your head or maybe the cool films that you have been seeing. Uh, And very naturally, I think we made the step into saying, hey, let's let's maybe create something of our own. So it started with like little comic books to I know audio tapes that we were doing. So we just recorded some audio tapes and stories about our imaginary uh, fluffy toys and stuff. (laughs) um and that became uh films and that became eventually small uh games i think my brother was doing game development at the time i was doing more audio engineering Uh, and then we combined these forces, like hey how can we create this um auditory worlds combine it with graphics and make it really believable um so yeah i I guess by just playing around by just being a kid that's cool And uh, for me,
3: I started um, going to school for uh, media and culture, which is really focused on TV and movies. Um, But after about six months, I realized this is too theoretical for me and too too hands-off. Like, it feels very distant. Um, So then I decided to study game development, the same study as Kuhn did, um, his brother. And... um, well, at that point you were kind of starting up the business. And at some point I got, got had to get an internship, uh, and I got an internship at Koken um, for six months. And then I went back to school and like, uh, oh, now I'm back at school. I don't, I'm kind of <laughs> it feels off, you know? So, um, six months of school passed by, yeah. game development, I learned a bit more. And then I needed to do another internship. Um, which I did earlier than I was supposed to, but uh, yeah, I wanted to do it because I wanted to work and then Mm -hmm. did another six months internship. And then uh, during that summer holidays, I think Kun asked me like, would you want to come work for us? And uh, I didn't have to think about that for a long time. Uh, So then I said, yes, of course, I'd love to just start working. So I quit my uh, study and just became a technical artist at uh, okay. And that's how cool. I rolled into this whole mess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, judging from the first game, uh, it, it's anything else than a mess. Uh, we, we are big fans of the of, of Deliver Us uh, The Moon. Um, I actually went back uh, to my review, and I I, co- uh, I, I quote now from, from that review, and I said back then... Uh, Deliver Us, the moon captures the loneliness in space in a perfect way. So, yeah, um, we well, now we we, we are um, almost three years later. Um, Deliver Us, Mars, the sequel is going to come out soon. Um, you made the hard decision to delay it. I can imagine it wasn't easy. Um, if it's OK with you, I just make you a little bit smaller because I captured some of the already released footage and I have to change, of course, the overlay as well. So there we go and then we just uh, watch a couple of the reveal trailers and, and story trailers in parallel while we chat. So uh, in case someone hasn't seen uh, the, the footage yet, uh, they can watch it. Um So, yeah, um, deliver us, Mars now. When did the development start, and what was the decision to make like a, a sequel, another another standalone story?
2: Um. Yeah, good good question. I think it's uh, uh, the people that were playing Deliver Us the Moon, and of course we were learning to 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 create a company and also developing a game at the same time. And and most of us were very young and very green, very naive, trying to create this rich three D experience. Um, so what we witnessed is that a lot of people really love what we have been creating, but they wanted more. So some people said, hey, it was on the short side of things, Like we love the experience, but we want to stay in this environment. Um, so logically, uh, we wanted to do this, uh, this like bigger experience. And while Deliver Us the Moon kind of set the stage and kind of what the ambition of the studio was, uh, Mars is kind of trying to reach that ambition at the one point So like, hey, what do we actually want? And all the things that we missed or that we learn from Deliver Us the Moon, how can we put that into uh, a, an even bigger spectacle? Um, and of course, since you have a game like that and you have been creating assets in this world and also the storylines, um, you can, of course, start a completely new IP, like a new, uh, new idea of a game. Uh, but we mm-hmm. had so much so we can build from that and create everything that we did wrong or which we could do better into this experience. Hmm. So uh, rather logical to, to go for a sequel.
1: Yeah, yeah. makes
0: Absolutely. sense, makes sense. And did, has the
1: team grown much since the first one into the second one? Have you had to, to ramp up that and, and get more people in there to realize that ambition?
2: Yeah, I think we uh, uh, kind of, you could say that around 15-ish people have been creating Deliver Us to Moon. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, there's some peaks, so it's a little bit of a higher number and sometimes it was a little bit of a lower number. But you could say that experience is created with that. You can also count kind of the years of development, which is kind of hard to pinpoint because we were busy for four years, maybe mm-hmm. even a little bit longer. Uh, but did we really create in four years to live for us to moon? I don't know. There was a lot of like learning experience and setting up a company. So yeah. uh, learning time, I would say. Um, but now, yeah, I think we... Uh, Ramped it up to uh, 30 to 40 people. 40 people really at tops when we have some extra freelancers, and we call our SWAT Mm. team that really makes sure that we can get the high fidelity that we want to. Um, But yeah, you could say it it definitely doubled um, in size. Um, And then on on peaks, it even more than doubled. Mm -hmm.
0: Nice. Sweet. Yeah. Does it also more or less translate to, to the game? So, is like the, the game itself like double the size, or where where what are some of the ambitions there in uh, in how you grow want to grow like Deliver Us Mars compared to Moon?
3: Well, yeah, the game uh, definitely is larger than Deliver Us yeah. the Moon. We we um, of course we have more people, we have more assets to create, we have more locations and some new things. Um, so we went from deliver us the moon and we can take some of that stuff and then reuse it a little, but we also want to make a new game. So it has to add on to that. Yeah. Uh, and of course it's a new planet. So we have to <laughs> make a whole new planet. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah so, yeah, I, I think as well, like on, on the length, especially on that one, it's like people mm-hmm. wanted more. So we said like, okay, can we create a rich experience Uh, but then also amp everything up. So we didn't use facial animation, for example, in the first one, but to really convey this narrative story and something that we are proven in Deliver Us to Moon that we can really convey this mystery, this loneliness, but also kind of the narrative that you uh, unravel along your play. We said, how can we even deepen that experience? So we really went full force on animation, mocap. So Mm -hmm. uh, I would almost say on everything that you know from Deliver Us the Moon, we ramped it up so in terms of game length, in terms of animation and narrative in terms of gameplay so uh, some of the puzzles that you remember and environmental hazard for moon of course they will return something that the people like but also we ramped up on that so now we have a whole climbing mechanic in to to even be a, a great addition to your whole journey so yeah
0: we've seen I, that with the x's like yeah. tomb Raider <laughs> style yeah <laughs>
2: yeah that's that's what we are going for like it Mm -hmm. needs to be this this real rich astronaut experience that you're going into space you need to feel that you have this whole adventure and of course like all the 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 issues and problems that you uh encounter on your way um and it needed to be kind of an an addition to it so it's not so much of hey this is a sequel kind of like a taken one to taken two and we say hey this kind of works let's do it again but maybe amp it up here and there Really, on every front, we try to be a completely different game, almost, but still be in the same realm of Deliverage.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, nice.
1: Awesome. I was going to say, uh, as well as the the axes, of course, which we have seen. Is there any other new mechanics that are in the game that we haven't seen yet?
2: What can we uh, can we reveal <laughs> <laughs> that you can't reveal? <laughs> I would say one of the biggest things is the climbing, and of course like you, you, you see that a lot. We, uh, we do have a little bit of a different system, so for you need to be kind of um, uh, skilled also to climb this wall and make sure that you really don't fall off. So it's not as an easy just grab on and you have to just uh, make your way through it by movement, but you have to really be technical with your controller or with your keyboard and mouse. Okay. Uh, to make sure you don't fall. So there's a little bit of an, uh, an urgency in the way you play actually these uh, these climbing sequences.
3: And the better you get at climbing, the faster you can move through the level. Like on the video you now see, you can just let yourself drop a little bit, but if you're going too fast, you can't just pick up back, back up. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's a, a little bit of a learning curve in climbing. It's not just stepping on the wall and moving around.
1: yeah Yeah, a bit bit more of a survival element to the climbing as opposed to just essentially clicking on a button and climbing (laughs) exactly
2: yeah (laughs) and then again with the the puzzles uh so the puzzles we ramp it up so in the beginning it's a little bit more simple and then we ramp it up Mm -hmm. and we use the mpt so kind of the the energy transmitter that you know from deliver us but now in a more exploited way so you need to solve all these puzzles to get your way through it uh and um, kind of discover as well things that were blocked before. Maybe somebody sabotaged it or something like it's um, it's very intertwined with the narrative as well. Why some things are blocked or not. And it's for you to find out what's going on. <laughs> okay.
3: Okay. Yeah, and, that sounds. Um, yeah. And um, for example, all of the platforming, because we had a little bit of platforming in deliver us the moon as well. Yeah. Yeah, the jump and everything. Um well, we really upgraded our whole locomotion system. So the jumping and the climbing and clamoring. So now if you just don't make a jump, you can still like, grab on and climb on. Um, so there's a bunch of, yeah, smaller quality of life improvements to that as well. That will yeah, really make it feel more real instead of yeah, missing okay. your jump and then falling straight down.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, so, sounds like there, there's a lot of new stuff coming uh, here. Um, we've also seen from the trailers and uh, some of the reveal stuff that the protagonist, Kathy, um, is her name if uh, if I'm correct here, um, <laughs> yeah. that she barely survived the crash on Mars at, at the beginning. And from um, the trailers, we've, we've seen um, a lot of, well, in, at least in the trailers, it, it looked like, there's a little bit more focus on her, on, on her. Like we had it in on uh, in Deliver Us the Moon, where we you were mostly alone and character building was uh, n- are probably not the main focus. So is this gonna change here in Deliver Us Mars? Will we see more character development from um, uh, with Kathy here? And yeah.
2: Yeah, no, we, we have a, we have a full cast for this one. So uh, uh, there was this whole casting process, and we have we were lucky enough to work with people that worked on Resident Evil, for example, or even Netflix. Mm. So um, uh, Kathy, which is great, which is uh, Elise um who uh, we casted. She was in um, Paul dark from Netflix for the people that know that. Oh, uh, nice. But it, it, it took a real while to really get to an emotion of it. Uh, maybe in comparison to Moon. Uh, this is extremely expensive, so this is very hard on development to create something mm-hmm. like that, it's really believable animation, mocap and stuff. So, in a way, we also used a closed-off helmet uh, in the first one because uh, resources would have led us to even portray something uh, uh, big as that we created now with Marsh, uh, but now we could. So, yeah, there's a whole rich cast, there's this whole kind of family drama that takes uh, takes to play and Cathy's in the middle of that. Um, you will witness a little bit from her past uh, you will witness a little bit about how uh, she was as a child and you would witness something um, how she has kind of developed her motives in doing so or why she is on Mars um, it's maybe not only to to find a solution for Earth and a solution for humanity but maybe mm. there's more of a personal interest to in this as well and that's of course very much of a close to the heart story something that everybody with siblings or everybody with friends and a uh, loved ones could relate to, and especially if you tell a story like this, like among the stars. You want something close to the heart, something that can resonate with everybody that is just sitting in his uh, in his room playing this game, that they can relate to. This that was very important to us.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, so, um, story wise, um, we are set. A couple of years after after Moon. Um, on your homepage, it uh, i want to read from that uh, it says after a mysterious distress call from mars join the sapphire and its crew as the journey uh, to the red planet seek to recover the ark colony ship stone by the mysterious outward and with them ensure the survival of humanity race um you already mentioned that it's um not just this like epic quest that it but it's that it's a little bit also about well the story of kathy and and her, um, well, attachment to the story. So the scope of the story um, or, or the way how the story was told in the first one was very unique, um, where you you could basically go through the entire game without really getting much about, uh, info about the story. A couple of uh, minor things you caught, but uh, if you invested the time, like uh, with the holograms and everything, uh, is, is this going to be the same way or will we see more cutscenes and everything? Um, how is the story presented here?
3: Yeah, we definitely have um, a lot more ways to tell the story now. Um, since this is a bigger game, we can have better cutscenes. We have facial animations, we have mm-hmm. motion capture. So these scenes are really played out. Um, of course, in the first game, you had some holograms that you would see and everything. We still have yeah. some of those. Um, but there's also a lot more real people this time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like in the first game, of course, you only had Rolf. Um, but now, oh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't <laughs> played it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right now we have a lot more resources and, and experience also finally mm-hmm. to create these kinds of experiences. Yeah. So yeah, we're leaning a lot more on the actual visual storytelling with real people and faces and yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, there's, I think we recorded more than a full feature film on cinematics. Uh, so there, there is a lot in it, but nothing the likes that you would say, oh, um, it, it does ramp down from a game. Like, we are, we're not making a movie. As much as we are influenced by cinema, it's, it needs to be a game. You need to play around, yeah. but it needs to be this play-by-play experience. So from this moment that you're climbing to solving a puzzle to having a cinematic of the narrative it goes a little bit deeper to a hologram. So we really try to um, yeah, to make the discovery there, but then also kind of have the player on the hook to say, hey, this is kind of interesting. Hey, there's a little bit of a lower beat. Oh, this mm-hmm. is, becomes a little bit emotional. Hey, this is more frightening. And you kind of go on a play-by-play way through the game. Uh, it, kind of similar what we did with Moon, only now amped up with kind of just bigger and just uh, more extreme, more believable animations, more... Uh, facial expressions emotions Uh, it's definitely going to be a roller coaster of uh, of drama uh, and and kind of the the terror of these hazardous environments
0: (laughs) nice nice
1: Nice. Um, i was going to say as well the the game obviously as it stands right now um, looks absolutely phenomenal and uh, but what uh, kind of technical improvements have you got included within this one and what what are you aiming to achieve in terms of its visual fidelity have, have you got advanced things like ray tracing included is it aiming for a specific frame rate what what are you aiming for on the technical side
3: well that really depends on the platform first and foremost yeah. of course mm. um of course pc will support like you depending on your graphics card and CPU and everything uh you can of course go up to whatever frame rate your PC yeah. can manage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're still working with Unreal Engine Four. Um, mm-hmm. It is one of the. It is literally the last possible UE4. So there is a few uh, improvements that made their way from UE5 into UE4, um, like virtual textures, which is a very technical term for being able to split up textures in smaller parts, so you only load in the visible parts and. That's things we use. Um, For example, the hair you can see here as well. That's also uh, grooms, which is kind of experimental. But that's something we have, um, at least on PC, on the highest settings. Um, And we're working on, of course, doing ray tracing again. um, Since in Us the Moon, we had a very extensive ray tracing support on PC. Um, And for now, we're looking at at least ray tracing shadows um translucency is hard to do so i cannot make any promises mm-hmm. on that yeah um, but yeah of course we want to be at the forefront of making a visually amazing
2: game yeah, yeah i think we really pushed the, the the roof of the ambition in creating the best experience for everybody as possible but like Daniel's saying it's it really depends on kind of what platform you're playing and what your yeah. uh, computer is allowing we will do some some spec uh recommendations of course like on the steam page but uh no, we are pushing as hard as we can with, with everything that we have. Uh, do consider we always are a, a rather small team uh, creating something like this. We are pushing the boundaries to say, can we kind of uh, touch base on um, double A, triple indie, uh, while still being manageable, while still keeping the work-life balance in play? Uh, yeah. we, we really don't want to be crunching. Uh, we do our fair amount of overtime, but not something consistently. And that's something very important to us mm. that we create something that we also love to do here we have a group of people they all put their signature in this symbiosis which becomes deliver us marsh and uh, it's important that we do this while we stay healthy and uh, uh if, if we all squeeze everything out to it uh to an extent where um maybe the product will be extremely beautiful uh but nobody really likes that they went through it and nobody likes the journey, then yeah. I think we lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So till now, yeah, sure, we do our fair amount of overtime. Uh, but this is really more of a decision if we if we do so. Uh, but for now, it's very of a healthy work life balance to create something like this and pushing kind of the highest fidelity as we can till now.
0: Yeah, that, okay. that's very good to hear. So um, we assume um, <laughs> Judging, of course, from what we have seen so far from Kyokin, that uh, this is a big part for the studio, like great work culture. We've learned earlier your interns uh, didn't even want to finish uh, <laughs> uh, their studies. Uh, so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's really good to hear because we've seen uh, different things here uh, across uh, the industry. Um, good stuff here. Um, Hang on my my question list just disappeared. <laughs> Where did I want to go? Uh, from here. There we go. Um yeah, you already touched uh, upon Unreal 4. And um, so just a few weeks ago we had a, a different indie developer on here um uh, from Song of Iron uh, who just made mm-hmm. the jump over to Unreal 5. So what's the what's the, the reasoning behind you guys uh, staying with uh, deliver us mars for uh, w- with unreal 4 here
3: um our main reasoning is uh we have a whole pipeline set up of course for asset creation and mm. how rendering works and how we made our assets yeah. um and just upgrading to ue5 could happen but it's we don't have that big of a tech team to facilitate all these changes and then also have the delay of everybody learning to work with UE5. And so everything added together, it would just have taken us, uh, us specifically, our team, uh, a little too long. And we were feeling very confident that we could make a beautiful game uh, just in UE4 27. Yeah. Uh, so that's mainly the reason for us. It didn't give enough benefit directly to make a even better game than it might have been. Yeah.
2: Now, it's also yeah. kind of the, the starting point. So for yeah. a lot of people, that, it, it's very easy to say, oh, uh, why don't you just flip it? It's like, uh, why don't yeah. you make a, a switchboard? Or why don't you make mm-hmm. a, just a click <laughs> on the button and export, <laughs> go to PlayStation 5? It, it's, it's a lot. Like we, we are creating at this point, we are creating five platforms at once. Yeah. We are in yeah. this off position that we need to create the, the old gen. So it's like PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Yeah. Uh, while doing PC, also PlayStation 5, also Xbox Series X, which is five platforms all at once, which is rather insane for a studio size. we are doing it. Then again, if you also want to do an update on on an engine, I think at one point, it could be beneficial. Uh, I think you wouldn't really witness this as a player to say, wow, uh, I wish this was made back on this engine. Uh, But definitely, the games forward will all be Unreal 5 engine. But this was just, you started at some point, It's more of like version control uh, that you keep in check that it wouldn't really make sense to do it. And uh, the visual fidelity uh, doesn't really uh, bleed from it from not choosing it right now. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. it
0: makes makes sense. Um, If if it doesn't fit the workflow, obviously it makes sense. And like you said, developing for uh, this many platforms, I can imagine that there are a lot of challenges and um, yeah, um, good stuff.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I was thinking of as well, especially with the the changeover. There was either one of two things, of course, I you didn't feel like putting the time in, in at the moment to do that merge over to the new engine mid-development would have been beneficial for yourselves. But also, of course, no doubt, when you start a new project, you want to start it on that new engine and learn everything together. I think we probably would... I would imagine that's probably what your thoughts are with Unreal Engine 5 as an engine anyway going forwards is whatever you do next time will be starting from scratch.
2: You were saying it right. It's compromise. So you're weighing down kind of the the pros and cons. And if it means that you have to, uh, let's say you work with a team of 30 people or 35, everybody needs to change. And you have pipeline blocks as well, where maybe a few people are for a few weeks, even not doing what you would like to do. And then it would sit kind of your um, development cycle in the way. So um, you wouldn't be, uh, uh finishing the things that you would like to finish and uh, therefore yeah. it's not beneficial in that sense but sure if you can and if you're starting out right now and you're using a real definitely go for the newest one yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay. i okay. can't okay. imagine
0: i can't imagine um yeah um since you already touched upon uh, this um you're developing for a lot of different platforms um, pc uh, last gen consoles ps4 and xbox one and uh, current-gen consoles. Uh, a lot of our uh, listeners are like always interested in, in a couple of the tech <laughs> stuff. So how was the uh, workflow with the new consoles? Um, are they easy to develop for? And what was basically the decision to make it a, a cross-gen release? Uh, does it put a lot of additional work or is it pretty easy to handle? Um, you. Yeah
3: well where we started off is of course we start off with our pc builds so mm. we make it for pc and we target the highest quality we can get um and from there you kind of trickle down so you then try on a ps5 like you get the development kit and you try um to play the game on there and then after uh, the first level you're like oh um damn we're out of memory you know Cause yeah. that's like a dev build and there's way too much going on. So then you're like, okay, we're going to tweak some settings, change some stuff. Then you try it again and it works. And then you go one step down to a PS4, for example, and then you're suddenly only working with about five gigabytes of RAM in total. So shared between CPU and GPU. And then you realize, oh, uh, well, we're using way too many assets and everything is linked together and there's like code linked there to there and assets linked from there and there. Um, So then you start optimizing a bit and then lowering resolutions and all that stuff. And at some point, uh, yeah, it it runs. And uh, then you can start tweaking things again. You can upgrade some stuff if you suddenly somewhere you find something uh, that's referencing another level, for example, Mm. and then you're like, oh, wait, but now that means we have a whole bunch of things that should only be in that level also loaded in this level. So you find that you kill that reference and it doesn't get loaded into that level anymore. And you might suddenly have like 500 or 600 extra megabytes to work with suddenly yeah. And then you can up the quality again. And that's how our optimization workflow goes continuously. And, uh, it, yeah, it, it's relatively easy to develop for these consoles. Uh, they're all, their SDKs, especially the old-gen uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, their workflows have been set in stone for so long. They're out, and it's really very straightforward for both. Um, For the next-gen consoles, there's a lot less documentation, Mm -hmm. Um, but luckily, Unreal has a developer network, um, like a huge forum for developers uh, where you can just ask questions to the developers of Unreal themselves, or other developers could also be on there that have experience with developing for these consoles. Um, And even if you can't find something there, there's a good chance you can just ask it on the specific PlayStation or Xbox forums uh, that are also accessible for developers. And at some point, you will probably find your answers um, because it it doesn't happen a lot that, especially for PS4 and Xbox One, that somebody hasn't had your problem yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you do, yeah, then you can still ask the direct person that has created that system for example Uh, so we had some issues with i think the virtual texturing uh, on certain consoles and we just asked like uh hey um we get this crash at this point um why is this happening and then they say oh yeah i know that um i made this later but now in ue5 this has changed Um, So if you want to get that, you can cherry pick that change and you can backport it to 4.27 and it should just work fine. So that's what we do. We take like a specific change from UE5 and we take that little piece of code and we put it in our UE4.27 because they're not that insanely different in some uh, senses, especially with virtual textures being tested in 4.27. Um, So we can take those changes back and then it's fixed. So, those are really fun things to, to yeah, figure out and then kind of make our own merging version of <laughs> UE427, which is like the bulk of everything we have is yeah. 427. Um, but there's like tiny little specks of UE5 <laughs> shining it's through. A bit so of a hybrid. Sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's still 99.9% of uh, yeah. UE427.
0: Okay. Yeah. Nice. nice,
1: and of course we've we've seen a lot. We've spoke a lot about the 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 visual te- uh, changes and the technical changes on that aspect. But of course, from an audio perspective, is there is there any additional audio benefits you get on on this new version of uh, of the game? Of course, play with uh, on Mars. Uh,
3: well, technically, we still use FMOD. Uh, so for the first mm-hmm. game, we used FMOD, and now again FMOD. We are. Well, as far as I know, we have uh, a lot of experience with it and good experiences as well. Um, there have been some updates. Um, we got an extra audio designer, a
2: Yeah, really full time. We, uh, we got some additional team to it as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a bigger, a larger soundtrack. We uh, we really yeah. experimented with some kind of uses of FMOD as well to say how can you make certain environments sound different. Can we be a little bit more efficient with these things? And um, we went we went pretty wild with the system, uh, Really yeah. trying to make the most of it and some yeah. like audio geeky effects, like Doppler effects and stuff and for everybody that knows that. Yeah. We have been testing out a few things to say, hey, how, how does that sound? Yeah. Uh, space, unfortunately, doesn't have any sounds. Uh, still, <laughs> you, can't, you can't put that in a game. That's, um, that's true. But, but sometimes it's more of a... Uh, A kind of a feel that you you, that you need to create um, Mm. under these vacuum spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: yet, in every sci-fi movie, you hear explosions in space, Mm -hmm. right?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's amazing. And for more audio things, like we have a whole reverb system we created together, Mm -hmm. but not with the people, but inside FMod, we would then have like fifteen different types of reverb. And based on where a uh, sound is being played, it will have a different reverb. Because um, most of the reverb in games is based on the listener, so where their camera is or where their character yep. is, one of the two. Um, but we wanted it to be a bit more realistic and feel yeah, feel more real, so we now have a system where if a sound plays inside a small room, you will hear it as if it's in a small room if you even if you're slightly outside that room.
2: It will make a change on the kind of the reflections. Yeah. A lot of people would call it an echo, but it's uh, it's actually reverb. Uh, it's similar. For the people that are listening, it's like, wow, this is like way too audio nerdy. Uh, think <laughs> about kind of how a room sounds in a church. It sounds like with a with a huge kind of echo, mm-hmm. uh, while in a smaller room where there's a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, mattresses around you, uh, it's kind of almost dead. So there's no really reflections coming if it get absorbed by the wall yeah so uh, yeah we we played around a lot with that so uh no for the people that love soundtracks love sounds uh man you're in for a treat (laughs)
0: looking forward to it looking forward to it Yeah, um, we are almost at, at the end uh, of, uh, of our chance chat with you guys. But, of course, there is a big question. Um, I've been asked that up front to uh, definitely ask this question. And it's about publishing. Uh, the game comes obviously to PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series consoles. Um, but since the first one came to Game Pass, uh, a lot of people ask themselves, will we see this game on either Game Pass or PS Plus?
2: It's uh, it's not something that we have committed to right now. Uh, we have okay. great relationship with PlayStation and with Xbox. Uh, so definitely could happen in the future. Uh, but it's not something that we committed to. So for now, it's all the consoles. So everybody that has these consoles, you can play it. Uh, and, and we'll see about Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or uh, stuff. It's what I said. Great relationships with them and nothing set in stone.
0: Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, yeah so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, February second. Um, that's the date uh, you have set in stone. That's uh, like a little bit more than two months now. Um, so, how are you feeling? Um, you're good on track the, uh, for for the release. How is the is the the feeling in the studio right now?
2: Pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah I good. think it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah.
3: we're> fairly <laughs> relaxed, all of us. Uh, the extra <laughs> month really gave us a lot of space mm. to breathe and. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really gonna be an amazing game in my eyes. Uh, I, I love what we're doing, and yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't. Yeah, I feel
2: we're all very relaxed,
3: given that we're releasing in a few months.
2: Very optimistic. Yeah. Uh, there's some uh, some cool press events coming in. Uh, cool. a few, I almost dropped down, kind of what it is, but I can't still yet. But uh, there is. Um, no, we are we are very optimistic. This is gonna be such a Awesome experience, and uh, in a way, it's, it's nice that we had this extra time for extra polish to make it even uh, a better, rich experience mm. for everybody to play on. Uh, but it's also in the same like so that we can't really wait anymore to share this with the world. Like we have been developing this now for some time, and we have been playing and playing and going around and around it, and we've seen it inside out. So at one point, you're really like it's like you're bursting. To, to make sure to launch this rocket <laughs> into the abyss uh, well, yeah. for, for a little bit
0: <laughs> I can't imagine I can't imagine yeah so guys um, if you haven't already um, you know where to pre-order on console and we make it very easy for you you just click in the description of the of this youtube show and you will find uh, the link to the steam uh, store and everything else all the links to the socials and so on Definitely make sure to wishlist the game. Uh, we've been saying it f- basically in every show we have a developer on, especially for indie games. Wishlisting on Steam helps them a lot. Um, so definitely make sure to wishlist, pre-order, be excited. Um, I am uh, super excited for the game. Can't mm-hmm. wait um, to play it I remember and- when
1: it was first unveiled, Boxenburger, and the look on your face. So, Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's been we, we've we've done earlier this year. We've done uh, a show uh, dedicated to indie games and our most anticipated uh, indie games. And uh, this was my, my number one. So thank you, gentlemen, for coming on the show and uh, chatting with us uh, about Deliver Us Mars. Um, is there anything uh, you want to let the the audience know? When when will we be able to see more of the game?
2: Oh, and uh, so def- definitely the 2nd of February, then you can <laughs> <laughs> then you can play the whole game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, for everybody that's following the channels, uh, of course, we are very transparent with our social media, trying to show a little yeah. bit like what's happened inside the studio, uh, trying to convey as, as most as we can kind of what's going on. We're doing some streams as well. Um, there is some uh, some very cool marketing beats coming. So if you just check in, out the socials, uh, slowly but surely there's like dropping a few cool beats where you're like wow okay i uh i can't i can see a little bit more we are dropping down little hints here and there um where for everybody that really can't wait for the second of february we'll be slowly getting a little bit of candy (laughs) until that time
0: (laughs) sweet sweet yeah so again thanks for coming on um it's been an absolute blast to chat with you uh guys the game looks phenomenal um so yeah thank you again for the time yeah um, thank, you. thank
3: you for having us thank you as well yeah thanks for yeah the compliments <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely no <laughs> and uh, also thank you everyone who watched us live here today or will be listening uh, on the the podcast services around the globe after uh, the show ends of course we will be back with the world of gaming this thursday with the regular edition uh, of the show but uh, again thanks so much to kyoken for coming on and giving us a chance to have this extraordinary uh, episode of the world of gaming um guys we will talk about everything that happened in gaming this week on thursday until then Thank you so much and I see you the next time and don't forget to game on.